My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey guys, Alex popping in here just before we get going with the show. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. This is interview number 100. That's pretty exciting to me because I started this three years ago and I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to go. And I got to say, it's gone better than I could have hoped, I think. I'm having a great time and I love that I get to sit down with people every single week and talk to them. Now, this is interview number 100 right now at the time of editing this episode. I'm actually recorded up to 106. So we have some really cool interviews coming up for you. And I'm stoked to share those with you. I don't really have anything more to say. I just want to say thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. And uh, let's get on with interview number 100. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams. And today I'm joined by my friend, Mad Lenny, or as most people know her, Madeline Langley. Madeline is fantastic and we have a great conversation here. And when I was editing this episode, I just noticed how good Warren and Madeline are for each other. Warren, of course, being my former roommate, Madeline's fiance, and guest number 98 on the show. Listening to what they both want out of life, it just seems to work. So I hope you enjoy this interview. We talk about moving around a lot, making friends, and finding where we fit. And remember, after today's episode to make five minutes in your day to listen intently to the people around you. Madeline Langley, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thanks. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Are you excited to be the 100th guest, the 100th episode here? Heck yeah. I've been waiting weeks to do it. This is true. Yeah, we had to reschedule it a couple times. Um, so I like to start off every every interview with how we know each other. And so if you wouldn't mind filling the audience in, if you remember exactly how we met or remember vaguely how we met, if you want to fill them in on that. We are in the same, we go to the same church. I'll just say that's easier. And... But we know each other more than just that. We go to the same church, which is how we, like, officially met. But we became, like, good friends because you live with my beautifully sweet boyfriend, Warren. So fill me in then. So I know you're from the South. I, I've known you for a year and a half now. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be, like, two years. Can you fill me in? Where were you born? Like, where did Madeline start? So, I was actually born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Is that all you want to know? Or you want me to, like, continue? No, you, you can continue. <laughs> you can elaborate a little bit. I just, so, some people give short answers. Some people give long answers. So, I like to wait. But, yeah, if you want to elaborate on Tuscaloosa, Alabama, like, where is that other than being in Alabama? And, like, um, how long did you stay there? I, my family is currently in Alabama, and I was born in Alabama, but I have only lived in Alabama a total of a year and a half of my whole life, and I'm 21, so it's kind of a long time. So, I was born in Alabama, and we only lived there for a year, and then we moved to this place called 
Memphis and it's in Tennessee. People probably, I don't know why I said that. Like it's like some unique place. People know what Memphis, Tennessee is, but I moved to Tennessee and I was there till I was seven. And then we moved to Georgia and I was in Georgia for, it was about 12 years, 12, 13. So I spent most of my life in Georgia. And then I also lived in North Carolina for a year. And because my family was in North Carolina for two years, but I didn't live with them for a while. And then after I started school at BYU-Idaho, which is in Idaho, obviously. (laughs) But um, they moved there as soon as I started school. So they were living in Alabama and I was living in Idaho. So I've lived with my parents briefly since I started school, but I haven't really lived in Alabama too much. I consider it home because... A lot of my family is in Alabama, so I've spent a lot of time in Alabama as I've grown up. Just didn't live there for most of my life. So, yeah. That is really interesting um, that, that, like, you've lived such a short time there, but it's still home and you still have so much family there. Um, So, what? why all the moving around? Did your dad just have jobs in different places or what? So, like I said, he spent most of our time in Georgia. And he was working for a company in Georgia, and he worked there for years, like about seven or eight years, and he just started to hate it. He started to be miserable, so he was like, all right, I'm going to start looking for other jobs. So we moved to North Carolina, and people from the South know that like the South is a certain way. And North Carolina is considered the South, if you, like, look at it geographically. But, like, the environment of North Carolina is not very Southern-y. So, for my mom and dad, it was really hard because they lived in Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee, which are very Southern-y places for their entire lives. Well, my mom, Mississippi, too. She lived in Mississippi. She grew up there. But even Mississippi is also a very southern state. So North Carolina, is, which is hard because there's a lot of Yankees. And my dad also got a job in North Carolina, and he hated that job as well. They had, like, told him before he started working there that it would be – they needed a lot of change and that the company was struggling a lot. But he didn't think it would be as bad as it was. Like, people would quit – even managers, like they had to hire new managers every like three months, which is a problem. So it was just a really, really bad company and he hated it. And he worked nights. So like all of my siblings would go to school all day and he would work all night. So he never saw any of his kids. So he was like, all right, I'm just going to start applying for jobs again all over the place. And if I get one and it's a good deal, we're going to move. And if not, we're just, whatever, we're going to say put, like, it's all in the Lord's hands, and we'll just figure it out, pretty much. So, he got a job in Alabama, and my family was like, we don't like it here. Like, we had neighbors that were just so mean and so rude, and it wasn't like, like, we had never even, like, talked to them. That's why it was, like, frustrating for my mom, especially, because... My mom is a Southern woman and she does not like mean, rude people. <laughs> so it was just like really frustrating that we had these neighbors that had like, 
like it would be different if we like did something to them but like we we're not a malicious family so we didn't like like normally you should just people are just neighborly and friendly like even if you don't like know each other talk to each other you just be neighbors and you but she would like like this one time our dog got out of our fence and this woman came and knocked on our door she knocked on our door and she just pointed to the dog she didn't say hey your dog is in the street she literally looked by my mom in the eyes pointed to my dog and walked away <laughs> so she was just a very mean rude woman like that's just an example of like it was not like like she's just weird like it was so odd it was so bizarre but that's kind of just why because we didn't move most of my childhood I lived in the same house for 13 years but then once I graduated my dad started getting new jobs and moving because he couldn't find a good one and then they just built an Amazon distribution center that's like 20 minutes away from my parents' house. And he also just got a new job. He started working there in January. But he loves it. So hopefully he's finally found a really good job that'll stick. I mean, Amazon's a great company. So hopefully this one will stick for him for longer than the past two have. <laughs> yeah, I I hope so. <laughs> um, you, that's like... Uh, I just picture this this lady just like walking up, not saying anything. It's like, are you mute? Like, use your words, right? Um, exactly. Just like so weird. Yeah, it is. It is it, that is hilarious. Um, so you you said that you spent most of your childhood in that one house that was in Georgia, correct? Yes. Okay, so uh, I kind of want to hear. Like, I'm curious what it was like being in Georgia for that extended period of time and then and then when you eventually left Georgia did it feel like you were leaving home like what was kind of your attachment your sentiment to to leaving that whole era of your life so i i hated high school so much i had friends that were just i once I got into high school, because when I was in middle school, I had a group of friends. And obviously, we were in middle school and we were young. So I had a group of friends that were really good, nice friends, and just very good people that didn't do things that I don't agree with and stuff. But then once we all got into high school, and my high school, I graduated with almost 700 people. So it was a really big school. And... So these friends that I had from middle school, they, I had my friends that I was friends with from middle school. And then I did create probably my junior year of high school. I finally was able to outbranch and got a new group of friends that were more not super rednecks that partied and got drunk and high all the time. So it was a little bit better once I got a little bit older, but it was just really hard because I did go to school in Georgia and my sophomore year of high school, my, we almost moved to Denver, Colorado. Like we put our house up for sale and everything. And 
at that point in my life, I hated high school. I hated everybody I went to school with. I did not want to be there anymore. So I was like, heck yeah, let's freaking move. Like I want nothing to do with anybody. I don't have any friends that I'm really attached to. So let's just get out of here. And it was probably like two months before my dad was supposed to go out there for like training and stuff that he decided that he, him and my mom decided that was not the place for us. And I can tell you, I was disappointed because I wanted to get out of Georgia. Looking back at it, it probably would have been really weird and hard and uncomfortable. But at that time, I was like, I want out. And that same summer, I went to a church camp. And I wasn't really friends with many people at church. So, like, our church has wards and stakes. So, we have, like, wards, which are just a certain amount of people who are in a certain area that you go to church with regularly and do activities with regularly. And then we have, like, stakes, which are bigger areas. So, there's a bunch of different wards within the stake. And... So, like, you don't come in contact with those people that often. But, like, when I went to church camp, I went with everybody within my stake. So, that summer, I actually was, like, super inactive in the church. And I was, like, really struggling with my beliefs in the gospel. And I was not going to go to this church camp. And I was not down for it. And my um, youth leader was, like, Madeline, you should just go, like, it was literally the week before we were supposed to go to this church camp, and she was really pushing me, and I was really close to her. She was one of the only reasons that I still went to church, her and my parents forcing me, but (laughs) she was the only reason I was somewhat like, okay, it's okay, I can handle it, because she was just a really good leader, and um, I decided, okay, fine, I'm going to go to this church camp. I had one really good friend at church. And her name was Emma and Emma decided she would go too. So I was like, okay, I'll just go. I'll just hang out with Emma the whole time. And I went and I met some of the most amazing people I've ever met before. And it was weird because I knew of most of these girls that I became such good friends with, but we had just never had the opportunity to like click. So like my best friend, her name is Anna, and she is literally one of the most amazing people I have ever met in my entire life. And we are best friends to this day. We talk pretty much every week. And I met her. Well, I, I had known her for years, but we had just never been friends. And so once we went to the church camp, I was able to become friends with her. So it's kind of weird because if we would have moved to Denver, Colorado... I wouldn't have met all these amazing girls. It was like a group of 10 girls and I'm still friends with all of these girls. They're like super close friends because we've all like, some are married, some have kids, some have just moved like, or gone to college and stuff like that. But if we would have moved, I would have never met these girls and then I possibly would have not wanted to go to church anymore if I would have struggled in the area that we moved to. So there's all these things that are weird. And so once I met all these girls, high school wasn't as bad. It was still high school. Cause none of these girls went to high school with me. So that was, was kind of hard. So moving out of Georgia was, it was weird, but it was, we graduated like a month after I, I we graduated, we moved like a month after I graduated. So it wasn't like 
it was that hard. And also when we moved, my best friend, Anna, actually came and lived with us for a few months. And then we, me and her made the decision. We moved back to Georgia and we lived with her family for about six months. And then she got married. So I went and lived back with my family. So yeah, so this girl, we've lived together and everything, and we're still friends. So if you can be friends with someone after living with them, that says something. But <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of not that big of a deal because my best friend was going with me. And so I was, yeah, I was fine. So that was really long. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's perfect. I mean, it gives such a great view of, like, how you came to that, right? Um, and, and how everything kind of culminated in that experience instead of just being like, ah, I didn't care. It wasn't that big of a deal. Like to be able to see, okay, well, this was going on, this was going on, this was going on. And that's why I think that was a, a perfect answer. Hey guys, future Alex here just popping in because it's our hundredth interview. I'm not a huge celebratory person, but I do want to point out how big of a success this actually is. Half of all podcasts don't even make it to 14 episodes. And here we are. I've got more than 100 because of some specials that I've done along the way, but 100 interviews, 100 different guests on the show. For me, that's a huge accomplishment. And I'm excited to go for another 100 more. So with that, I just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to number 100. I hope you're enjoying it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of it, the rest of this episode, and the rest of the podcast as a whole. As we kind of move forward through the story of your life, when when you came to school, you're at school right now, um, what's been your university experience been like? Because you're, you're moved out, you're an adult, you're doing your own thing, right? Uh, you're dating a sweet Southern boy. Um, who I'll add is also Canadian. So I just want to, you know, throw that out there. Um, He's not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, like you're having this very adult living your own mm -hmm. life, doing your own thing experience. What, like, what has that been like for you? Yeah. So I actually did not. So I did, I did online school for a year after I graduated and then I took a semester off. So I did not physically go to school until I was, well, I was 19, but I turned 20 in a week. So I was pretty much 20. Um, and it was actually really hard to go to school because I had lived on my own a little bit. But going to school and really adulting and having to pay for everything was kind of an adjustment just because not only was I just going to school, but I was moving across the country and I had not been further. The furthest I had been out West, not even like I'm trying to think of how to geographically say this. The furthest I had been away from where I lived was Texas. So I was always on the southeastern side of the world. I had never outbranched outside of that. Not even, we weren't big travelers as kids. So I had never even traveled far or anything. 
So coming out here was definitely terrifying and I was so anxious and so nervous, but excited at the same time. So it's, I mean, I feel like I adjusted actually fairly quickly. I was very sad mainly because I have a sister who at the time was only two. So I was sad to leave my baby sister, but it was also just super exciting and super fun to be able to experience going to college classes and getting jobs and meeting all these people from all over the world because BYU-Idaho is a church school, so people come from all over the world to come to school here, especially like all over the country, but even outside of the country, people come here. So it's just like crazy the kind of people that you can meet in the kind of environment that you are surrounded with. It is interesting. Do you have anything, um, any experience or person you've met or, or something otherwise um, that has like taught you something interesting or kind of given you a different perspective? Not really. I feel like because we're all the same like, I feel like I've learned a lot from people, but I don't think anyone has, like, made me be like, oh, wow, type of thing. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have, have, have there been any particular experiences then here that not necessarily broadened your perspectives, but just, like, really cool things that you've gotten to do or try? This sounds so dumb, but experiencing snow for me was insane. Because it does not snow where I'm from. Like, it snows maybe once every, like, three years. And it's only, like, a couple inches. And when it snows where I'm from, the world shuts down. Schools close. We lock ourselves away. We don't go anywhere. We don't go to the store. We are just hidden and locked away because we don't know how to handle it. Because it never snows there. So, like... Because I came in January, that's when I, the month that I started school, which is crazy. So, yeah, I went from literally no snow to immediate, like, snow that was up to my waist <laughs> in the grass. Like, it was crazy for me. And <laughs> it was something that I just kind of had to handle and figure out and deal with. And, but it was definitely an adjustment to, walk outside and be like, oh, there's like five feet of snow right there in a pile and it's above my head. But it's it's fun. I have a love-hate relationship with snow. I like get excited for it and see it. And then after like a week, I hate it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That Man, that would be such an interesting thing. Is that something you thought about when you were coming to school you're like oh i'm going to see like lots of snow for sure i was so like i and also like constantly so i was prepared and i was so scared i was like i'm gonna die i'm gonna freeze because I, I had so many friends that i knew that had been to byu idaho and they made it sound like it was 10 times worse than it was. They were like, your nose hairs will freeze. Your hair will freeze. You literally can't go anywhere without gloves, hats, scarves. And I was like, 
it's cold, but I can walk to class without wearing tin jackets. <laughs> like, it was weird. They just all made it sound like it was way worse than it was. Granted, I will say the winter that I was here, I got lucky. It was not as bad as it sometimes is. But I was still like, it's still bad, but not like people had made it seem. So I was so scared for the snow because people had made it sound like it was always negative 20 degrees and the only time it was negative was at night so i was like it's like because i would walk to class i'd be like it's 15 degrees and it's cold but like y'all made it sound like it was negative 30 degrees all day every day (laughs) so but also another thing so i flew across the country and i flew into salt lake city and this was the first time I was flying by myself. And the only other time I had flown was to Oklahoma. So flying and opening the window and even just driving around Utah, I was like, what the heck kind of place am I at? Because I had never just been, because there's mountains in the south, but there's trees. So you don't experience like all the rockiness of seeing just mountains everywhere you look. So it was like kind of cool to experience it because it's just something I had never seen. So just the sights of Utah, I mean, they're not that pretty, but like it was just different. So it was exciting for me. That is really interesting. Um, especially having spent all of your time in the South as you had, and then kind of coming out of that. Um, I, I'm curious now kind of moving into the last little bit of the podcast here uh, to talk about your future. Where do you want to end up? Like, is is it, you know, finish school, head straight back to the South, or do you have other plans? Definitely want to go back to the South for sure. My biggest thing for me is like, I'm, I've had like a really rocky relationship with my parents, like as a kid and especially as a teenager, because I was a really hard teenager. And as an adult, I've like slowly gotten closer and closer, especially to my mom, me and my dad still sometimes butt heads, but me and my mom have been able to get fairly close to each other. And I feel like we're always closer when I'm not living at home because it's like not butting heads because we're not living together. So no one's in each other's way type thing, but I've never experienced like living close to my mom and living out of her house, if that makes sense. So like, I want to be able to experience that, especially when I'm like married and am having kids. I want to be, fairly close to my parents so they can at least like within I don't have to be like 30 minutes away or even like an hour away but just close enough to where they can easily take a weekend trip to me and hang out with me and my future kids and future husband and stuff and luckily for me I am dating someone from south so he also wants to go back to the south so pretty much after we graduate we probably will just apply for jobs within Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, just kind of stick within there. And then obviously if it's like, oh, well, we're graduating in two months and we still don't have jobs, we'll outbranch a little bit more. But eventually we definitely want to try to end up closer to home so our families can easily access us and visit us and our future kids. So, yeah. 
interesting. Yeah, that I mean that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so in in that vein, like, um, what other than being in the south, um, what what are your plans? Kind of, what do you hope to see happening in your future? What kind of things do you want to accomplish and do? So, I'm planning on getting married next April. So, uh, once I'm married, uh, I will just... After I'm married, I will have a year and a half of school left. So, then I'll graduate and then we'll go from there. So, I'm going to school for elementary education. And I'm doing elementary education because... This is so cliche, but my dream has always been to be a mom. So I decided to do elementary education so I could easily work if I need to, but can also be a mom. So I I know like when my kids are babies, I don't want to put them in daycare. So I probably won't work when my kids are young enough to where they're not in school. But once all my kids are in school, I definitely want to go to school. But that's why I decided to be a teacher so I can work and be on the same schedule as my kids. I can have breaks off at the same time as my kids and I get off fairly around the same time as them so that I can go home and help with homework and dinner and all the other things they have to do as a mom. So that's kind of what I see my future like, hopefully. So <laughs> so why like why why is motherhood such an important piece of that puzzle for you I guess for me it's just something I've always envisioned in my life so I've always loved kids and children even when I was like 10 years old and my aunt was having babies I was so excited to go hang out with the babies so my baby cousins and because on my dad's side of the family I'm the oldest grandkid so I have several cousins that are way younger than me and way littler than me so growing up I had a lot of babies around me and I'm the oldest in my family as well so that's just kind of helped me to have a little bit of a mother figure in my life especially because I have a sister who's four so for her I've got to experience like what it's like to change diapers, to give baths, to feed a baby, to all these like little things that it requires to be a mom to a young child that I didn't understand before her due to the fact that my brothers, my youngest brother, he's only six years younger than me. So I was six when he was born. So I wasn't like super aware of what being a mom meant or what it took to take care of a child. So after having a sister, I just was even more excited to be a mom. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Um, And I know from being one of the older ones in my family that kind of had that similar experience of like, you have to be a bit more of a parent to your younger siblings and and kind of help take care of them. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really great. Well, um, I have one last question for you. This is how I wrap up every interview that I do, um, at least on this podcast. I like to ask, at the end of your life, when you're looking back on everything you've accomplished, both things past, present, and future for you right now, at the end, when you're looking back on those things, um, and, and you know, like, this is the end, 
and you're thinking back, what are the things that you're most proud of and what are the things you're most satisfied with? That's a deep question. <laughs> um, I guess like, I just want to, I mean, you as my friend probably know that I'm a very servicey type person. I love to just serve people and I don't necessarily like to take care of people, but I just like to do things to make other people's life a little bit easier. And sometimes that gets in the way of my own life, but I feel like it's not a bad thing at the same time. So I just let it happen. <laughs> so I guess like for me, I just want to always, sorry, someone's calling me. I just want to always be able to serve people. And I want to look at my life and be like, I hope I impacted everyone I came in contact with and was able to serve them in some type of way, whether it's just I smiled at them or I just said, I like your shirt and it made their day a little better just or even like my friends or my future kids or my husband, future husband. I don't have a husband yet. Um, <laughs> and just be able to know I did all these things to lighten their life and to make them happier and to just ease any pains that they have because the world is hard and being a human is hard sometimes. So, yeah. I like that. Um, and I think... As your friend, you're doing a good job. Um, we all we all exactly. appreciate the effort you put in, uh, especially you and Warren had your one year dating anniversary the other day, and you put in a lot of effort to that to that gift. So, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, and I just want to say, Mad Lenny, uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, <laughs> and thank you for listening, not just to this show which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco, 